This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. No rest. We can discuss. Give me your truth. It never fails. Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's another great episode of Keeping It Real. Yeah, I'm Young Wayne. You supposed to say with Young Wayne? Let again. No, we know. Keep it real nope. with Young nah, Wayne. It's fine. Let's keep it. <laughs> All right, I, yeah. I want y'all to hear how much this guy fucks up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm one take Wayne, bro. Not at all. Okay. All right. Whatever. You really like you have an IQ that's high, but like you don't read well out loud. What? That is not true. That is a hundred percent true. I host events all over the country. Nigga, that's you talking. <laughs> we talking about like you reading. All so you trying paper. to say I wouldn't do the t- teleprompter well? <laughs> no. You can't do a paper. Keeping well. it real with Young Wayne. Huh? I'm leave you alone because there might be people that oh, like. Sure. Did y'all know each other in Chicago? Hold on, we didn't even introduce you yet. <laughs> right, oh, my you... man. We got a special <laughs> guest. <Who is> this? <laughs> Dude just walked in off the street, just came into the show. <laughs> Which would be funny. I wonder could we do that? Like just like bait somebody. All right, that sounds crazy. I was gonna say bait somebody with some food. They see they walk in the studio and then that's weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but we got a special guest in the building. Man, this dude is one of my favorite shooting guards mm-hmm. ever. Like, for I told him this before. NBA basketball legend in general, color commentator. Mm. Cigar smoker. Uh, <laughs> avid cigar smoker. <laughs> That's his thing. Jim Jackson is in the building, y'all. Thank Jim you. Jackson. Thank you. Oh, Thank you for inviting me, brother. There you Appreciate go. it. Dude, this is going to be so much fun because it's so much I want to talk to you about. It's like basketball wise, but it's like yeah. other stuff that we've only talked about. And you told me the other day, whatever. It's whatever, right? Yeah. Mm. All right. Because you have some interesting takes on life shit. Yeah. Which That's, is really mm-hmm. interesting. So it's like, I don't even think nobody's ever asked you. And so we're going to do it on here. All right. Oh, yeah. wow. That's what we do here. I'm looking uh, forward to it. Oh, this is going to be fun. But the great. first thing, Real, we have to do, and I know you don't want to do this. So, Jim. Uh huh. Well, we had a basketball prediction. We're doing the NBA Finals, and the people in the comments are still commenting because Rail made a solid prediction. He said, I got the Boston Celtics against oh, yeah, the Warriors. Okay, you I, heard it. I heard it. And uh, he, he broke mm. it down. And after game three, when they went up mm. 2-1, he looked like the man. He didn't even call me. He, 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 he was quiet. The comments were saying, Rail was right. Rail was right. And then, Wait, first of all, you lying. I did call you. Like, yeah, not, I told not, you. not game three. You called me game one. No, no, no. I called you every fucking game. I don't think you called me not game three. I, I promise remember. you I was, I, wait, I was looking at my phone like, you don't call. No, mm-hmm. I promise you I did. Uh, uh, and it might have been because I was talking so much. Let me say this to everybody, okay? <laughs> First ahead. of all, the people that say that I don't know basketball can kiss my ass. Mm. Boston lost that series. Yeah, because they lost to five point guards. Go. <laughs> they lost to what? They played like a ghetto state championship uh, team. What? You know, the hood teams don't have no centers. <laughs> they got all cards. Uh, no, they got that, one big man that just sets screens and just rebounds. Uh, he always got one. They literally play like. Like West House in Chicago, a high school. Yeah, West yeah. House, yeah. That is literally, I've never seen no shit <laughs> like that. Was literally all guards basically won the finals. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what would you count Draymond? 
Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a, a fucking guard. He's a guard. But that's the dudes you're talking about, like all that you guards. pick up. Junkyard dog do all the little stuff, but no. So I had to hear it too. No, Draymond Green is that dude with a regular job. <laughs> yeah, just come in with come his in, boots he on. He still got his UPS get, uniform yeah, yeah, exactly. on. Exactly. Got on his hard hat. And he's hat. passing yeah. the ball. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what you about to say, Jim? So I got to hear it because we go to the same spot most of the time and mm-hmm. watch the game. So mm-hmm. he was all on Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The whole time. And, which is, if you look at it on paper, though, at the beginning, them beating Milwaukee, them beating Brooklyn. You're mm-hmm. like, you know what? If you look at roster wise across, across the board, mm-hmm. It's not a bad pick. You're not way off when you say Boston could win it. Yeah. But then you got to go, actually go in and play the games. And that's where <laughs> the separation comes in mm-hmm. how to win when it matters, late game situations and stuff like that. They lost that series, bro. They had that series. Like, how did they have it, though? Yeah, I'm still. Well, you see what I'm saying? Well, because they, they were the better team. But this thing about yeah, it, the better, better team, team don't always win because of it's. Basketball is, a, and you can say this, it mm-hmm. is more of a mental game than anything. Like, people think it's just about the physicality of it, but, like, Steph Curry and those guys are champions, and they play like I, mm-hmm. I always tell people the Bulls, the 93 Bulls and the 98 Bulls mm-hmm. probably shouldn't have won those championships. I don't even think the Bulls should have beat Indiana. I think that's insane. In 98. It's insane they they barely won what, that game. Yeah, yeah. But, that, but, but it's supposed to be. Here's the thing, though. When you, when you, you know this. When you, when you. In the pursuit of winning a championship, the further you get along in the playoffs, it's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to get harder. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be challenging. You go get some sweeps maybe in the first round. Maybe the second round it's 4-2. But when you get to the Eastern Conference, Western Conference Finals, it's supposed to be difficult. When you get to the championship game, it's supposed to be a lot harder. Mm-hmm. And that's what you see. We're talking about 93 and 98. The challenges there were – you're like, oh, they should get through Indiana. No. Indiana was good, bro. They were yeah. they were a great team. They were a great team that fell a little bit short, but they p- challenged and pushed the Bulls at that time. I ain't never seen Mike. I remember at the end of that game, Mike looked like he's in shock that they went in there. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, like especially, after, like, especially if you roll through the season. Yeah. Okay. And but you but you, I just say this is that the unexpected happens in regards to the scouting reports get better, guys get focused, guys get locked in. Some momentum shifts happen during the course of a series. You know, some guys step up, secondary players that you don't mm. scout for, yeah. that make big plays. And that's the beauty of having sometimes a seven-game series opposed to the drama of the NFL when you just have one, one game. game. Yeah. You, you Let know? me okay. So why are we doing this? Okay, right? this is why this dude is one of my favorite commentators, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you, and let me ask you: Did you go to school for broadcasting? Because you just started Heck doing no. it. No, <laughs> when I retired, it's funny. When I retired in '06, and I was chilling, doing some other stuff uh, business wise. The opportunity was brought to me to do um, a broadcasting coach approach my my agent mm-hmm. probably about a year before. I said. If Jimmy, when Jimmy retires, would he be interested in broadcasting? Now, up to that point, when I was in Dallas, I did like a TV show, radio. Portland, I did some stuff. TNT, when I wasn't making the playoffs, I, I would <laughs> fill in. But I never in my mind thought about broadcasting. But when I retired, the following year in 07, um, I talked to this broadcasting agent. He was like, why don't you check out this? Mm. You know, and at, at that time, I wanted to do NBA. Because I, you know, I was so far removed from college, 
So we did a little stint, um, little interview with ESPN. But he said, once you check out this Upstart Network, it's in your wheelhouse, in your backyard. You know it. Fox owns it. It's the Big Ten Network. Mm-hmm. I said, man, bro, I, I've been away from college for so long. I don't know. He said, just go take the interview. So I went to Chicago. I sat and talked with the executives. I said, you know, this could be pretty cool. And since then, it just kind of rolled and morphed into where I'm at now. But, man, if I if I was to look back, Rob, I'm telling you, at some early tape of what I did, I'd probably scratch my head, bro. <laughs> and because I had no physical training but in broadcast. But that's what's crazy about Because I, I heard you on the Big Ten Network first, right? Uh-huh. And I think I heard you first. I'm like, yo, is that Jim Jackson? <laughs> Jim Jackson, Jim Jackson? I thought it was like another Jim Jackson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, man. And, it, you know, it's funny because unless you went to school for broadcast journalism and, and that's something that you did, you don't understand the intricate parts of it because it's the studio part. Like, we in studio talking about something. So you have more time to talk about, dissect, inter- interact with your um, studio host. But when you're in the game, that's a totally different mm-hmm. kind of commentary. Mm-hmm. And when you go into it, they don't teach you that. You got to kind of figure it out. I was fortunate I hired a broadcasting coach. That's smart. You know, because yeah. I knew. Because everybody don't do that. No, but I knew people, what I you didn't can know. Tell, but you can Stop tell. Nah, Stop you can it. tell oh, who ain't hired. Wait, wait, who can you tell? Yeah, yeah, go ahead and say it. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> what you're <laughs> you talking about. Damn. Keep, see, it, keep it real, I, man. I don't, I don't, I, when I see people, I, I don't, I don't judge them because I know, I know the challenges you have. Yeah. In regards that's to. That's why I look at stop, like, because. This is so weird. I talk shit about a lot of people. I don't know why I want to talk about Go ahead the NBA it. players. Oh, <laughs> man. Because all I got to see some of these dudes. Yeah, I know. You know what I'm saying? I like, know. I know. They go real punk ass. Yeah. Come on, I can't. <laughs> I don't know shit. Because there's some guys that be saying, like, you know who I bring up? Who's not bad, but when Magic Johnson used to do it. <laughs> oh, sorry. No. <laughs> he used to say crazy shit. Oh, the, the one foot or two foot. Hey man, let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jordan is about to do it, y'all. <laughs> that's not a basketball. Hey man, he got that ball. And sometimes it's like he almost forgot we couldn't see him. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he go, mm, 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 mm. And then he but, do that. But you thing. know what? That's, like, what? That, but you know the funny part is it, 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 that's that's who he yeah, is. That's yeah. his person. Oh, I mean, that's it. And it's all coming from a place of authenticity. Yeah. You know, now how it comes across is a different thing, but Magic knew the game. Sometimes to articulate it well, in a way. Gary Payton was hood when he oh, was doing oh, NBA no TV. I like, worked with GP. <laughs> he was just oh, like, he gonna tell you. He's like, all right, okay. No, that's, that's him. That's his whole energy. Mm, now, fast forward, you you take GP on TV now, be perfect. Yep. Mm, because yeah. back then they wanted to kind of massage what he said and do things like that. Yeah. But now you put them, oh, GP. Yeah, it's perfect. Because it, every, it's not, for GP, it's not about hot takes. It's just his authentic thoughts. He's going to tell you how he feels, and he's going to express it in a certain way that you can understand, especially if you come from the neighborhood. He's like, yo, this is really what's going on. Jimmy, where you from? I'm from Toledo, Toledo, Ohio. Oh, so that's why you went to Ohio State. Nah. <laughs> okay, so why did Real you go to so- I, I've never, when I was in, when I was in, when I was growing up, I wasn't an Ohio State fan mm. because actually the basketball in the early '80s the basketball team was really was really good with Clark Kellogg and Herb Williams, those guys back in the day. But I never followed Ohio State football or basketball because I was a Big East guy: Syracuse, Georgetown. Did you only play basketball? No, I played football. Oh. Football was my favorite sport growing up. You know, I grew up in the neighborhood. It was street against street. Mm. You play before school. 
two-hand tap, kill the man, play in the snow. What was your position? Tight end defensive end. Okay. Yeah, bro. That was my favorite sport <laughs> growing up. But then it kind of morphed into, you know, we would hoop all the time, sneaking people's backyards, playing the alley. Um, then I just started to fall in love with the game around seventh, eighth grade. And then after I played football my freshman year, but I started varsity point guard my freshman year. Wow. And we were a game away from going to the state. That's when I fell in love with with the game of basketball. Mm. In particular, after my freshman year, I averaged about 16 my freshman year. In high school? In high school, That's yeah. Tough. But Damn. I played point guard. And Did you have a growth spurt? Yeah, well, I was tall after sixth grade, like taller. So the funny story is that my freshman year, I went in to play JV. Mm. But the first game we played, back then you played three quarters JV, one quarter varsity. So we lost the JV game. So I'm on the bench of the varsity game just sitting there clowning. I ain't getting there. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> in my mind. And we're losing. And the coach called my name. I'm sitting there talking. Like, who you talking to? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, and he called me. So I get up. I go in. I had like six points, six rebounds, five or six assists. Come back the next day at practice, he's like, I'm moving to varsity. I was like, I don't want to play varsity. He was like, well, why you don't want to play? I said, because I don't want to sit on the bench. I want to play with my boys. He said, no, I'm moving you to varsity. But he real talk. So we're playing this team called Elyria Catholic. And in the locker room, we go in. Mind you, I got seniors on the team. And this is interesting because that's when, I mean, I look at like at that time, people this really didn't want, to play they didn't want to play freshmen like that. Well, no, no. It was rare that you had a freshman playing varsity, mm -hmm. okay? Let alone what was about to happen. Huh. I got senior point guards on the team. So coach goes in, puts up on the you know chalkboard the starting lineup. My name is up there. Wow. So not only was I surprised, think about the dudes that was upset that were seniors, that were point guards, huh. that had this freshman come in. And now we're starting. Somebody had to like almost steal on you at least two bro, times. Bro, the, like, hey, the heat that was on my neck I know in what the coach room. About to do, yeah. But we're gonna beat your oh, ass. Bro, if it, you was, <laughs> it was it was it was challenge. And I and I get it. I didn't get it at the time, but I get it. When I got older, I was like, man, these dudes, I get why they were upset. They earned that they, shit. Yeah, but real talk, as the season went on and I played. It wasn't really anything they could do about it at that point. Sheesh. Seriously. Did they have college uh, offers? Some stuff? of them they did, but okay. lower level. But it, it wasn't that point is that they, they worked that hard to get there. Mm -hmm. But I, I'll credit my coach, Bart Schroeder. He saw something in me that I didn't see. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And he put me in an uncomfortable situation to have to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So he put his job on the line, too, in regards to winning and trying to develop this young Talented player, but Jimmy ain't that crazy because now it's totally opposite. Oh, big time! Like <laughs> freshmen are coming in, like yeah. almost as the man right away, mm -hmm. and, and, and we talking about high school and college. Yeah, that's so crazy that this happened. Uh -huh. like, no, and you know, it's funny because a, a guy named uh, Chester McFadden that played on the team grew up in my neighborhood. He and he played freshman as a, I mean, um, varsity as a freshman, so he understood. He, I grew up. It's what now I grew up. Mopeds in the neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. I used to have to wash his moped. I mean, wash his moped to ride it. You know, he'd wow. make me do stuff like that. But so he he kind of walked me through the process a little bit because he had been through it, but he didn't start like that as a freshman. So that whole thing taught me a lot 
at 15 years old about how to massage a situation when you're uncomfortable yet and still you got to go out there and do your job. Did you play all four years at Ohio State? Three. Three years. June came out my junior year. That's crazy. So look, let's do this, right? Okay. We're going to have to fast forward. It's so much because okay. we talk about a lot of stuff. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so one of my favorite basketball NBA teams was with Jim Jackson, mm-hmm. Jason Kidd, mm-hmm. Jamal Mashburn. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't even know who else was on that fucking team. What right? was the nickname? Three J's. Three J's. Three J's. Yeah. yeah. And when you think about it, that's like that's a that's a culture team, right? That yeah. team mm-hmm. is like hip hop. Like you three dudes like represented like yeah. cool in basketball, mm-hmm. right? And uh-huh. which which made it even crazy, like all the stories you would hear. Like I, remember, I love it, bro. I mean one day we so okay. The Holly Berry story. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 Holly Berry. Holly Berry. Tony Braxton. No, it was Tony Braxton. Yeah. Oh, Tony Braxton. Sorry. I was just taking short hair. Okay. So at one point, now I was a kid and I like I was like trying to find magazines on information on this. <laughs> when I heard him and Jason Kidd supposedly was fighting over Tony Braxton. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. It was like a big, it was like a big deal. And for years, I was like, man, was that shit true? And then one day, I, we just, I was mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to ask you. You wasn't the first. It was, but it was funny. <laughs> I waited for weeks of us hanging out, like, all right, I'm gonna ask this me. is it. <laughs> like, I'm gonna ask you. Know, you want another shot? Like, just <laughs> look him up. Right. Let's do a shot. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, okay, first of all, right. was any of the stuff true? Was y'all actually fighting over Tony no. Braxton? No. Huh? Who dated Tony Braxton? <laughs> Nobody. Wait, where did it come from? So where did the story come from? <laughs> well, here's the thing. You got to let's just backtrack it a little bit because it's it's bigger and broader than that. And the funny part to me is that when I see stuff and people point to it and this is why the Mavericks broke up, it was Tony Braxton. I just laugh at it, especially young people. Look, see, if you under the age of 35, 36, you ain't got no business talking about because you have no clue <laughs> because you're going off a of hearsay. Right. Somebody told you or you read about it, but then you're talking about it in actualities like you know. Mm. Like I was 20, this was 96. Do it. Okay. Okay. But you got to lead up to it. Okay. Okay. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I'm the first one there with the Mavericks. Okay, I held out my rookie year. I'm the fourth pick. So I already had some trepidation. I already had some issues with the organization because I held out because they didn't want to pay me my money. They only played 28 games my rookie year. I got the longest holdout ever mm-hmm. in NBA history. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why they signed me is because I was I had a lawsuit about the pen, pending against them in the NBA for collusion, meaning mm. David Stern tried to tell the owners, don't pay these rookies these long-term high-priced contracts. You can't do that. Mm, okay, wow. so we were going to have a lawsuit against them, so they finally brought me in, 
paid me all my money for 28 games, pat me on my back. We're so happy. I'm like, yeah, if I didn't have this lawsuit, I'd still be sitting at home. But I held out for a reason because I'm the fourth pick. If you don't want to pay me, trade me. Mm. Or I'm going back to school and I'll come out in the draft. And why I say that is because I'm setting it up for this. People all had their quote-unquote insight to what was happening, but they never were there for the intimate conversation I had with the owners. They tried to paint you as being cocky. What? What? Selfish. Yeah. But the owner came and picked me up in in Donald Carter in in I mean in Columbus, flew me around his plane and was trying to tell me why he didn't want to pay me. Mm-hmm. He said, "Well, Jimmy, you know we don't want to pay a guard this amount of money." I said, "Well, Kenny Anderson went two last year. What, what's the problem?" Well, we'll give you a million dollar signing bonus. I said, "Mr. Carter, no disrespect. And I'm in here with him one on one." No disrespect, I ain't never had a million dollars. So I don't know what I'm missing. But mm. I know one thing, I'm not going to take less than what I'm worth. Okay? So if you don't want to pay me, I get it. Trade the pick, but I'm not coming in. And I say this because those intimate conversations and people on the outside with all this chatter and noise think they know what's going on, but they don't. That's why I say always be careful about painting this picture, with this broad brush, when you think you know something because you heard something. Mm. Okay? So let's fast forward. Jamal gets drafted the next year. We're terrible. Win 13 games. I average 19. Jamal averaged 19. Jay Kidd comes in the following year. Boom, it explodes. I'm averaging 25, 26. Mash averaging 25. But then when things are rolling, right game 51, I tear my ankle up. Okay? Nike, I love y'all to death, but they wanted me to play in these Harachis. I'm in the layup line playing the you Nets. You played in Harachis? Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. God. I switch. I switch. Here's the thing. You know, athletes were superstitious. I'm in the layup line like, and I ain't played with tape. I'm like, man, this thing don't feel right. Right? And I said at halftime, I'm going to change my shoes. Seven minutes or so into the game, bam, third degree sprain. Mess me up. And I'm leading up to where we're going. <clears throat> so I'm out. Come back the following year, ankle still bothering me, knee messed up. So I'm not playing the same way. So then it's a lot of chatter about whether Jimmy is really hurting the team in the starting lineup instead of helping. Mm. So this is when the division of, of the team really begins to, 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 to fracture, okay? Um, so you got you to gotta look into what precipitated all of this stuff before. It wasn't just one action. Yeah. It was this stuff leading up. So you had this chatter. You had these guys that were on J-Kid, and me and J-Kid were like this. When mm. I tell you like this, you live around the corner from me. You know, when when stuff jumped off, his boys came and got me and were like, Jimmy, talk to J-Kid. Now, his agents, them, they were no different story. But we were like this, okay? So that year, stuff don't jump off right, leading to the Tony Braxton thing, Okay. This is the funny part. It's, it's crazy to me. So here's the story. This is what people say. We were in Atlanta. The limo comes to pick up Tony Braxton. I come downstairs, jump in the limo and say, well, Jason, not coming down, and that we leave. Now, what kind of stuff is that? Like, so Tony was supposed to go see Jason, but she just said, right. okay, I'm going to leave with you. <laughs> First of all, that just don't even sound right. <laughs> that, I mean, that don't sound right. It's different if you say I was out somewhere and we met and then we hung out. But she'd come to pick him up and I'd leave with her. Come on, man. Stop playing. 
Okay, so what happened? Like, okay, here, here's the thing. Why Atlanta don't work is because it, was, it used to be the spot called Catfish Station in Atlanta. My boy was throwing a party that night. We were there. Jay Kidd came to the party. I said, bro, come with me. We'll go hang out. He was with me at the party. So we hung out, did our thing, went back to the hotel, whatever, whatever. So when it when and now, mind you, when was Tony all, Braxton even there? No. Have y'all ever met Tony Braxton? <laughs> so I met I met bro, I, I, I met Tony one time at a uh, at the Rosemont in New York. It was a TLC album release party. Okay. Going in and out of VIP was like, hey, nice to meet you. Other than that, that was it. Now here's where the story gets tricky. We in New York had a publicist, God rest her soul, Patty Webster. She was like, Tony, go be in the studio. Y'all want to go? I don't know how we got on the conversation. I said, yeah, I bring some of my teammates. They want to go. So we go to New York. We stand at, you know, our hotel. And usually how it works is dudes like drop your bags. We go roll, you know. So I'm like telling people, if y'all want to go, let's meet down in the lobby at 730 and we'll go to the studio. So right around 7. Now, I blew off a corporate sponsorship dinner with Coke. AT&T, so we can all hang out. Now, at that time, it's some trepidation with the team. Sides a little bit. A lot of stuff leading up. J. Kidd, Jamal never was involved in this. It was really me and J. Kidd Mm -hmm. in sides. And it was a lot of friction. So I started calling dudes like, yo, y'all want to go? Nobody answered the phone. They out doing their own thing. I'm like, I mean, here we go. I ain't going. So I called, check this out, my boy Scotty Brooks, they used to coach OKC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We end up going to the sponsorship dinner together, hanging out. Next day, get ready for the game, play, play the Knicks. Further down the line, I start hearing this rumbling about Tony Braxton. I'm like, <laughs> man, what? what is this? It doesn't take rail until the end of the year, the beginning of next year, for me to find out the full story of what they're talking about. I would hear little jokes here and there, but I didn't know what was going on. Come to find out, my man George McLeod, we're in this meeting. I said, man, what's going on with this Tony Braxton stuff? Well, George said that you left us and went to the studio without us. I said, I said, what? <laughs> I said, so when I picked up the phone and was trying to call people to go, nobody wanted to go. And I ended up, I said, matter of fact, Scotty, Scotty Brooks, tell them where we was at. Told them. They was like, oh, well, we thought. I said, see, that's the problem. Because if y'all really, I said some curse, y'all really wanted to know, y'all should have just asked me. So Okay, hold on. <laughs> exactly. Man. That's how crazy the story oh. is, bro. Wait, and so you got to think about this, right? I'm in Chicago. I'm a kid. Yep. <laughs> this is this is a whole conversation like yo, the, and I was sad because I'm a big yeah. Mavericks fan. I'm like mm-hmm. Jason Kidd and Jim Jackson, not gonna play together because of Tony Braxton. No. <laughs> it, it, see, here's I'll a, break my heart. It, here go the thing. It was so much lead up to that. And keep in mind, it was did Jason just, Kidd meet Tony no, Braxton? No, <laughs> nobody ever met no, Tony. No, 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 she didn't help. He, she didn't help the situation because a dude named Brad Townsend wrote an article, and in that article she said. I don't really know them, but a good girl doesn't kiss and tell. Oh, okay. Wow. Now, mind you, this is crazy. She dropped an album around the same time called Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> you do this the is... math. <laughs> what is okay? going In on? In regards to now, publicity is the best thing for her. 
Yeah, yeah. Now, later she came out and said, no, I never met him. This never happened. But that was on back page. That didn't matter. We're, back then, it was this tabloid called The Star. Yeah. 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 We yeah, on the cover of it. That's on the cover? <laughs> yeah, we got to pull also, this up. Also, this is like 96. So, yeah. like we when you were calling, were you calling their rooms or were you calling cell phones? It was like rooms. Okay. You know? And you had a cell phone. But... It's just like oh yeah, I had the thick hot ass. Yeah, but people didn't carry cell phones like that thing. Well, a little bit we did. NBA dudes had burners too back in the day too. Don't get it wrong. Regular people couldn't carry cell phones. You had the flip phone. These niggas was millionaires. Motorola. Most of the videos of NBA players and football players answer their phone. No, yeah, we had phones. It was just bigger. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was so much. Where did y'all put those phones? Block phones. Bro, big big pocket. <laughs> that's why they had to wear that's big pants. Yeah, yeah, that's why they had to wear big pants. Let me explain this about the Mavericks <laughs> on why it didn't work. Because it's so much deeper than that. Well, hold on. Before we get into that, okay. let's just, we're we going we gonna to lock this in. Right. Mm -hmm. They never met Tony, Tony Braxton. Met, no. okay. Never met her. I mean, not he, like he, I met he her met. like out, like, hi, how you doing? But like, ever hung out? During bro, that time, though, you never met because okay. this thing because I've met a lot of women, but bro. Jimmy, that's what I'm I mean, saying. you know what I'm saying? Jimmy, out, but not like I've never done. <laughs> but that. not Tony Braxton. But hold on, this is what I was gonna say. That time too, like you was like one of like the the pretty boy dudes that was hollering it out. Like you was known for being that. Well, I mean, on, you don't say that, bro. That's why the rumor. <laughs> that, 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 that no, that is what. The, that's why the rumor that's was why like. That's like why everybody believed it. Like, oh hell yeah, I know Jimmy Jackson doing that. Yeah, but see, but that's the that's the thing now. I got a girl at the time. Jay got a girl. You don't think that affected them mm. on on some stuff that really didn't happen? Oh, they could. They did not believe you at all. Well, well how can you not? All this stuff, all this chatter <laughs> is going around, and I'm like, yo, it never, but never <laughs> to this day. I can say it. Be, come on, man. I'm like, bro. If my story ain't changed over twenty years, twenty plus years, it's the same thing. Don't you think there's some validity there? It's never changed. But this crazy that this is what happened. I'm tell you what happened. what happened. Even though I wasn't there. All right, let's hear it. George McLeod and them all went out, <laughs> got lit, was like, man, fuck Jimmy. Probably. <laughs> fuck it with Tony Braxton gonna leave us. They, they, probably. Uh -huh. like, but then they go in their room and they see all the red lights on their phones. Like, wait, this nigga left a message. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got I got receipts. You know what I'm saying? I, and Scotty Brooks being with me. Mm -hmm. When they found out now. The he, funny thing is, before you said y'all went to that dinner, uh -huh. I thought you should say you and Scotty Brooks went to the studio and that would have fucked up. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, like, wait, but, Scotty, but if we weren't rolling Brooks together, the, I was like, I'm not going. <laughs> I, that was the purpose of me going, was for a lot of us to go. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, all right I'm also, not going. What if you find out that Scott Brooks is the one that dated Tony Braxton? Uh, the whole time, it was everybody. Nobody, like, wait, Scotty Brooks? <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, yeah, then the album Secret was real. There. That, that, that's what that be. But yeah, but that's the. I mean, that's the. That, not it goes back to what I was saying in regards to. So did that seep into? And you about to say about the Mavericks? Because once again, do you know what y'all remind me? Y'all can't right. remind me of Boston in a way where like with Tatum, with Jalen, and and Jalen Brown was going through, and so like yeah. I think y'all was like the first three. Like, y'all interested. And because, Marcus Smart. That's all that three. But that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. But I mean, like, them, they could have been like Golden State is mm. now. They drafted. Yeah, no, no. Y'all drafted. We drafted, them. We drafted It was all at the It was draft. all drafts. So, see, and, here's and the thing. Jamal. We knew Jay Kidd was the guy. I mean, because of how he played, he changed how we play. Mm. Ain't no problem with that. I had a Nike deal. I had a Coke deal. I had a radio deal. I wasn't worried about Jay Kidd. Mash wasn't either. Mash a quiet type. He wasn't either. We knew Jay Kidd was the guy. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the question, but 
when I came back and wasn't healthy, that's when the chatter started to happen and do started to pick sides. And I think it put Jason in a tough situation because he was my guy. Mm. And he had to figure out what side of the fence he was going to straddle on, okay? Mm. And there was other guys on the team along with the coach that was <clears throat> feeding his negativity, and I think that affected Jay. And again, I'm speaking from my perspective. Well, this is interesting. How how much does media play into tearing up a lot of these teams? A lot because they report stuff. People downplay it like, oh, we don't. We well, not. they report stuff a lot of times. You know, I see some stuff in the paper, me and Jamal, a couple of times, and we laughing at it. You know, it's just like they, well, inside story told us this and this. I'm like, all right, but it's not true. Now, I'm not going to exonerate myself and say I didn't play into it at 25, 26 years old. When stuff started getting tight, I would say some stuff because I'm sticking up for me. So if something said about me from another player or something, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a shoot back. Yeah. My older self now would say you could have handled it in a better way. You could have defused. But at 26 – I'm looking at it like, oh, everybody attacking me, so I'm a I'm a push back, mm. and so I can't remove myself from the situation of adding fuel to the fire. Once we started getting into it, you know, and I look back at it because I did, you know, at times, you know, fire back, shoot back, say some stuff, do some stuff, because I felt I was being attacked from that person, and I don't think I should have been. Mm. because of the situation. You know what I mean? So, And I went into defense mode as an immature young man and didn't know how to navigate through the treacherous waters of one, handling with team. And now, early on, I went to J-Kid, like, yo, call me. We need to talk. I don't know what's going on because he stopped talking to me. I'm like, yo, let's have a conversation. But I never heard nothing. So y'all still played on the same, team, the same and team and didn't talk no. like that? Mm -mm. Oh, Not man. like that. Damn. Bro, it was it was deep. It was I mean it was so and I didn't I didn't know where the roots of it were coming from, but I figured a lot of it was me not being healthy, other guys talking, the coaches saying this, organization, and that's why I hollered at Jay. I'm like, yo, we just need to sit down and talk. And never happened. Now, before the trades happened. In 96-97, we're in training camp, and we're at SMU. And I said, Jay, let's go to lunch. There's this Italian restaurant called Campisi's, and we went. We chopped it up, and I said, listen, man, whatever issues you had, all I wanted you to do was holler at me. Whether I agreed with you or not didn't even matter. Mm. You just tell me what was going on because I'm getting all of this and this, and we're not talking. and." So we finally got a chance to break bread and talk about some stuff, but that was a little too late. For me, I wanted to handle it. Whether I agree with you or not don't matter. Let's just have a conversation and flush out what the issues are. And then maybe through the conversation, we figure out that a lot of this false narrative is not true. Because you got so many things coming at us as young guys that you can get lost in a situation. And you hear things instead of just talking it out. Well, that's what make you interested too, because you you did a lot of mature things early, like even like the way you held mm -hmm. out after you got drafted, and you know make sure you got paid, which I think may have helped the rookie contracts they get now. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, but think about it. If I if I if I don't hold out Jamal, who goes fourth behind me next year, again, you got slotted back then. You didn't have a rookie salary cap. First pick, second pick, third. That it, and it trickled down, right. and it affected the next year's pick. Mm -hmm. So if I don't hold out. Mm -hmm. 
it affects Jamal's negotiations the following year because they say, well, the fourth pick last year only got this. Not to say that he couldn't get it, but it makes it a little bit more contentious when he's negotiating his deal based off what last year's pick got. Mm. That's, you're a real trailblazer in the game, man. And you, and you embrace uncomfortable conversations. Oh, yeah. So recently, they it seems like the media trying to tear up uh, the Nets. I saw so many different... Hold on, let, me, let me put a button on this Mavericks oh, thing ahead, real go quick. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead. In my opinion, the reason why we didn't work at the Mavericks is this. It's called stability, bro. Why is San Antonio, why is Golden State, you know, especially San Antonio's run, why were they able to weather the storm and always be competitive? Maybe mm-hmm. not win it every year. They won it every other year. Why has Golden State been able to bounce back? Because they have stability in the front office, mm-hmm. on the bench, and as players. Mm-hmm. When I'm with the Mavericks, bro, I was there five and a half years. I had four coaches, three different owners. Damn. Okay? I when I came in owners. as a rookie, I had an intern coach. I had two first-year coaches, which is Quinn Buckner my second year, Jim Clemens my fifth year. Had three different ownership groups. So when you look at it, people don't understand. And that's why I say people don't understand the dynamics on why things don't work a lot of times. So you have these fluctuations in how the business is supposed to operate upstairs, but also on the court, not, your, your product is going to suffer. And that's what happened with us because we had no stability. Plus, being a young team, that hurt. So when mm-hmm. we look at why the Mavericks didn't work, yeah, it was I got injured. It was just friction. But it was also all the stuff that was going on with the instability of the front office mm-hmm. and, and the coaching that led into why it was such a short run. And Jason, Jamal, and I never played one season 82 games together. So people think we had this long run. Nah. Me and Jamal played my first year, my second year, his first year, 82 games. Mm-hmm. The next year I got hurt, so it was only 51 games. 51 games, games yeah. Following year, Jamal got hurt with his knee and was out. Then the next year we got traded. So we never played a full season together to see what we would have. But yet the narrative, when people talk about it, is we've had this run and it didn't work because of this. And I just sit back and be like, all right. Well, you know what made that happen too. It's just y'all were really popular, like yeah. fast. Well, because we were young too. Yeah. I mean, come on, Jamal averaging twenty five. We we go to United Center. Michael's not playing at the time. Not first year at United Center. Man, he put up fifty. We won in overtime. Yeah. A couple weeks later, I have fifty up in Denver. JK is getting triple doubles. Okay, we're winning. Dude, y'all was on inside <laughs> stuff so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like for real. Yeah, like it was, it was hella highlights with yeah. y'all. Huh? But it was, but that's I mean, it, as, as a 51-year-old man right now, I look back at things that happen in your life and why and what do you learn from it. And do you have regrets? Of course. I wish you could have worked out. I wish I wish I never would have got hurt. That changed the dynamics of how I played since then. That's why I went on this journey in regards to different teams <clears throat> um, and never was the same player because of my ankle. But people think <clears throat> when they see me later on in my career, that's how I always was. No, bro, I got hurt. Right. And and the mechanics of, of therapy back then weren't the same then. I couldn't even jump off my left leg. <clears throat> I would never say anything. My pe- my name, my, my, my knee would be in pain, but I'd never complain about it. My ankle wouldn't really move, but I wouldn't complain about it. But I would get killed on certain aspects because 
I was here at one point. Oh, your game fell off. Well, yeah, it did. But it's because of the lack of mobility and explosion in my leg that I had to change the whole dynamics in the way I play. But I was able to still get 11 years after that injury. Yeah, I was going to say that. You still stayed in the league to mm-hmm. 12, different, 12 different teams mm-hmm. in 14 years. I mean, they, That's still, they saw it's, something. Especially with the injury <laughs> like that. Like, right. Bro, it, they, they told me it would have been better if I would have broke my ankle. Because wow. third-degree sprain, you stretch the ligaments so much, they really never heal. Mm-hmm. So with bone, bam, it can heal better. But once you, anytime you sprain an ankle, you're going to stretch your ligament, strain your ligament. It's, just, it's the degree in which it happened. Mine was swollen like a grapefruit, you know? Mm-hmm. I think a little bit was a little dislocated a little bit too. Mm-hmm. So it, to this day, even if I'm on an elevated surface, I still got a little scar tissue. So that totally affected the way I played. So like, like Steph Curry with his uh, early ankle yeah. injuries, and now you know his he got braces that come all the way up here. So you notice that because you mm-hmm. well you did the games, the Memphis versus the Golden State mm-hmm. series, which Real was going crazy about. Well, also this dude was when you were telling me how lit Memphis was. Oh, bro, the arena was <laughs> it was incredible. I had so much energy, man, it, and and it's not a false thing. Like I love Atlanta, mm-hmm. but during the regular season, you know you got a lot of fans, the tough part about Atlanta is you got transient people. So they're affiliated with different teams here and there. I played in Atlanta. I know. Dude, it's, I, I tell people, I, I take credit for this. The year Derrick Rose won MVP, mm-hmm. Bulls are playing the yeah, Hawks, the Hawks yeah, I remember in Atlanta. Me. Yeah. And I started the MVP <laughs> chant in the arena, and everybody started doing that shit. And I remember this old black dude who looked exactly like Dominique Wilkins. It wasn't Dominique. <laughs> Was pissed the fuck off. <laughs> so, man, he literally turned up like, man, what are y'all hold doing? It, hold it. You were in Atlanta, right? Yeah, I was in Atlanta. <clears throat> and it felt like we was at the United Center. Yeah. Bro, it was actually louder than the United hey, you, Center. So, so, I'm playing for the Hawks. I forget what year it was. The Super Bowl was in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. We playing the Knicks. Okay? We playing the Knicks at home. We're up a little bit and got the ball. Man, the crowd was yelling defense. <laughs> <laughs> So you trying to say Atlanta don't have real bad? No, no, fans. but they do. But you have a lot of transient people that come in there yeah. that yeah. have different affiliations with different teams. Mm. But now, if you go there in the playoffs, a lot of times you see us lit. Mm-hmm. But during the regular season, no, Memphis, no. bro, Memphis like that. It was man. man. So when the Warriors lost by fifty, Rail was losing his mind. He was like, they can't beat them. And I looked at him. Well, I said, John Morant got hurt. So John well, Morant was hurt yeah. that game where they won fifty. John Moran. Well, 50. John, mm-hmm. John Moran got hurt. But, but let's think about it though. Like when you said, because people, <laughs> Memphis is Memphis. That's mm. what makes Memphis dope. Yeah, that's true. Like when you see 3 6, they, three, six Mafia, I know they did a halftime show. They probably did a national anthem. <laughs> they, they had so much going on in the arena, bro. It was like <laughs> you had people in the stands just partying, having a great time. It was, you know, you can. As you know, quotes. It looked like they let barbecue grills. In bro, it. I mean, but it <laughs> felt like it felt like a, it felt like a party though. Yeah, like a block party with nineteen thousand people. I mean, straight off Bill Street, man. You know what I mean? That's how it felt. The energy. You know, you can't hear. You can't hear it. You can't see it, but you can feel it. Wow. That's how pal- palatable it was. Hmm. Okay, now look. Once again, you told me we could talk about anything. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Recently, we were just talking, right? We were just having a conversation as we always do. We were talking about, I think we were talking about relationships. And I was just talking about how happy I am. I, you know, I got mm-hmm. my girl. I'm, I'm, you know, just settled down great. And I'm like, so, Jimmy, when you go settle, like, you just out of nowhere, it's like, man, I, I ain't going to do it. Like, well, I've been married. Right. So, I already settled down. 
So that, that that's the only time. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, been there, done that, bro. <laughs> I was married for nine good ones, bro. So, but where you at now with it? Like you have I'm, I'm real selfish. Selfish with my time, and the reason why is because for majority of my life, I've always had to give and give back my time, my energy, whatever it may be, and which is okay. But I'm, I've been at a point in my life now where if I don't want to do nothing, I don't want to do nothing. If I want to go hang out somewhere, if I want to travel somewhere by myself, I don't want to carry the burden of someone else's emotions on my BS sometimes if I do something. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And you got to be respectful of your partner that you don't do that. And you can't do that if you want to be selfish. You see what I'm saying? And I want to be selfish. I'll be honest with you. I tell anybody that. And selfish in a way that it may be times, bro, when I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to sit and smoke my cigar, have a little drink, listen to some music, and don't be bothered. I want to jump on a plane by myself and do something without having to tell somebody, you know, what I'm about to do. When you're in a relationship, you have to be able to have that communication and that respect and that trust with that person. Not that you can't do it. Right. You know, but where I'm at in my life, based on where I've been, mm. I'm very comfortable what I'm doing right now. And I don't want to rock that boat. I like exactly where I'm at. But see, that's a grown man move, right? That's we had real. did a podcast yesterday and we was kind of talking uh, with, these, with these ladies about it. It's funny talking to women about this, but like, you know, just the honesty part of it. Like, man, you talk about this. Mm -hmm. Most people just lie for no reason. Most men get in trouble because they just be lying. But there ain't no reason. It's a reason. Mm -hmm. The sex part. Because most men don't want to tell the truth because they're in fear of losing something, which is having sex with a woman. Mm -hmm. So they won't tell them the truth. They'll half tell them or something, you know, and then it comes back to bite them. I'm not saying I'm perfect. Don't get me wrong. But what I've learned is... Women say, I want honesty. Now, here's here's the catch-22. You want me to tell you, you want the truth, or you want me to tell you what you want to hear? Mm. Which one you want? If you ask for the truth, I'm going to tell you. Because I'm not in fear of losing anything. That And that's the difference. As I've gotten older and more mature, I would rather tell you up front what's going on, what the deal is, when, when you ask me. Because I have nothing to lose. If nothing else, we can become really good friends and keep it like that and keep it moving. But if I lie to you, lead you down the road, whether that's a male or female, now we go have some issues later on when the real stuff come out. Mm. This guy's great, man. This is great. This is great. No, because it's Jim's I mean, from Jim. <laughs> Jim's from Jim. <laughs> Love it. That that didn't make any sense. Yeah, I used to say Jim's from Jim. What the fuck out of here? That was honest. That's actually awesome. spelled a light. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, I mean that's, it's Jim's G. Exactly, I, I, bro. Yeah. I'm really There's good no at this. such things as honey nails. You start giving me credit, bro. I'm really nice. I'm nice. Don't do that, April. April. That was good. April, was... I would love to hear what April has to think about this. Yeah. This is great. You said you don't want someone to deal with your BS. What's your BS? Like, what are your pain points? My pain points, Damn. communication. <laughs> she was like... Uh, <laughs> sometimes I just want to be in my own space. Um, you know, as the thing is, as you get older, you develop warts and things that you're just not going to change. You know, now some things you will, um, but sometimes I just like to be left alone and it ain't got nothing to do with you or a woman or whatever. And sometimes people can't understand that. I don't want to, I don't feel like talking. I don't feel like <laughs> doing all this stuff. I just want to just chill. 
And sometimes people can take that the wrong way, especially females who get emotional. Not all women are emotional. Not all, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. <laughs> this guy is but, crazy. Because, but dudes, <laughs> but no, but dudes, because they understand some dudes deal with ego. We got mm-hmm. ego problems. We all got our issues. And I just, I just don't want to do that right now. Plus, I got a little one too. And my whole focus is on him. You know, on maturing him at four years old. Do you get along with your ex-wife? Who? <laughs> my, ex-wife, my, my ex-wife doesn't have my child. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So you had to communicate and spend time with somebody at some point. I did. <laughs> I, I had, just I, when you wanted and to. I, and I had no problem with it. I said I had a good nine-year run, nothing wrong with it. It just didn't last, which is great, which is cool because that's part of life. Just because two people get together, that doesn't mean it's meant to be. Or when you break apart, it's his fault or her fault. Maybe sometimes you grow apart and it you've learned something during that time together, which I did. Mm. And I would cherish that. And Is I, it easier not having a kid and then getting divorced? Like, yeah. I just, well, yeah. y'all just go about your business? Like, all right, well. Well, I mean, you still have mutual feelings or whatever towards somebody because you were with them. Yeah. But it makes the, I think, the separation a lot easier because you don't have a child that's involved. Mm. Now- a lot of people also use a child as a way to stay together when they're not happy, mm-hmm. which I don't think is, to me, is healthy for the child because the child can feel the energy or the lack of energy, the lack of love with two people that are just trying to stay together for the kids. Mm. Yeah, that's always, you know, I think people don't realize how much that affects the kids when you try to force a situation yeah. like that. Kids are smart. They're smart, and they they take in energy right away, yes. right? Like, when you become older, you kind of could play with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. When you a kid, it's, I remember I was sitting down, I was I was sitting kind of sad yesterday because one of my friends got shot recently. And so I was just sad, and my, my youngest, he was just looking at me, mm-hmm. and then he just grabbed my hand. I didn't it. say nothing. He felt it, He right? just could see that I was like, mm-hmm. whatever I was going through in my head. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people downplay with children is it's like, hey, you know, especially when you're going through divorces and breakups and all that stuff. Like, at some point, yeah, we human, but at some point when you have children involved, mm-hmm. you have to be mature enough to be like, all right, we got to stop this. Because it's, it's fucking with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, well, I got a 29-year-old. And one thing I learned about being a parent is because we've been through so much and we have these warts and scars and we have this knowledge and we believe that we know everything. So we downplay a child's intelligence, okay? Mm. When they, children are going to talk to you and give you their honesty. And as parents, because we've been through so much, we want to fight back. No, you can't do this. You can't. Instead of a lot of times listening to what the child is really saying. Mm -hmm. Because they're going to tell you what it really is. Okay, whether it's right or wrong, whatever it may be. As parents, we got a tendency to shut that down. And I think that's where we can make the mistake and lead a child a different way because we're not opening to listening because of all of our warts. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's my biggest thing is listening to my little one mm-hmm. and being open to it. I ain't saying he go get away with everything, <laughs> but I want to hear what he want to say, mm-hmm. you know, and not shut him down. Right. No, that's a skill set too. Like especially, I got a you know Judas talking to myself. So <laughs> I could take a nap while this nigga talking. Yeah. <laughs> and what I respect about him is he ain't gonna stop. He like stop, nigga, right? really, I, you listen in some type of way. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but you got a kid. Yeah, he just I mean, had a kid. He's yeah, a new dad. Uh, yeah, uh, wait, 13, 14 months yesterday. 
Congrats. Yeah, so boy, it's, girl. it's brand new. Boy. Oh, you can tell yeah. the nigga just had a baby. They're still doing the month shit. What yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, one, man. He won. I, he won. But it's not better. 14 months. months. Like, it's more exciting. That's so insane. What? 14 months. I think you stop at like 24. That's when you get to go too far. Yeah, see? April knows. No, nah, I never did that shit. What'd uh, you say? You, one, you're one, two, yeah. three. But yeah. you also said you don't fuck with babies. Damn, I ain't say it like that. My nigga. <laughs> I mean, it's on, it's on camera. No, I just, I like kids, <laughs> when they get to about five is when it starts being a dope age to me. When they like, like the baby shit, they're not sleeping, slobbing on you, trying to figure shit out. I mean, they cool when you take naps. Is <laughs> that they cool like it's a thing. I mean, <laughs> it's an object. Like they be, when they, they, I hate to say, when they that little, they are objects. They don't, they don't know shit. They shitting on themselves. <laughs> this guy, man. I mean, and we talking about baby shit. See, like, people don't realize it's human shit. Then you got to carry them with the one arm and shit. And it's like, yo, I can't wait till you five. <laughs> <laughs> I remember saying that. Like, oh, man, I remember when they turned five, I was probably the happiest person at that birthday party. Yay! You can sit on the fucking potty. Yeah, you can go Even though my boys is hard to potty train. Like, my sound was rather easy. For real? Yeah, man. Knock on wood, my young one. Young one, he was, I mean, and he he let us know early, I got to go to the bathroom, I got to do this. I mean, he's really good. Harlem could pee, I give him that, but it's quicker than Judah. Judah, I maybe recently saw that, oh, he know how to use the bathroom correctly. I'm like, is he still sitting down to pee? <laughs> like, I didn't fucking know till like maybe a year ago. How old was he when he's standing up? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming he's doing it now. I gave up on this nigga. I was like, yo, I guess he's going to sit down for the rest of his life. Because like, every time I tried to show him, it was just like, yeah, turn around, pee on me and shit. And he was just like, all right, bro. <laughs> Harlem get right to it. He just get right. Harlem, uh, he know what he got to do. I'm like, I'm actually shocked. Because I'm like, yo, you really know how to use the bathroom. Your brother just learned. Your older brother. <laughs> and he's fucking 12. Well, yo, Harlem's watching too, though. Yeah, Being but, the younger one, you know what I mean? But still, so, it's, I think Judah just was like, Brittany, I think she just didn't like pee on her butt. <laughs> she just, I remember grabbing my hand and just like, yo, show me how to do this because I don't want to be wet no more. <laughs> For real. She was like literally just started like peeing on her own. I think she was like two. I'm like, God damn, that was quick. And that's why I was cocky about it. I'm like, all right, Judah, your turn. It's like, mm -hmm. nigga, now you're 10. How are you using the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> do you still sit down and pee? I still don't know if he, honestly, it's very interesting that I think about it. I don't know if this nigga stand up. I don't think I've ever seen him go to a stand-up urinal. Stop it, man. Okay. Stop I'm dead fucking serious. And what? This nigga still sitting down, bro. I don't know how we got here. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. that We we, we went all the way this yeah. way. I'm sorry. But that, I, that's just did, real did shit. Did you have another deep question or are we getting back to basketball? Because I have a couple more questions. Go ahead. Ask him what you want. I was just thinking, we just, you know. Because well, you're, you're 14 months in, so you don't know shit. So I, I don't. You don't have I'm no opinion on nothing. It's all, it's all good. Yeah. Go ahead, 14 so, months. I know you said that. Uh, that's your new nickname. Young fourteen months. <laughs> Jason Kidd was the man. You knew. You knew that. Mm -hmm. So we going back to the the stable mm -hmm. uh, franchises. Steph Curry. We going mm -hmm. back to Steph Curry. Uh, what do you see in Steph Curry, man, uh, as a as a leader of that team? What type of fucking question is that? <laughs> because I asked this because is he like, is he now the new Tim Duncan? What Tim Duncan was in San Antonio? Do you see Steph that Steph Curry? Tim Duncan? Not the height. The as the player on a franchise is winning. He has four. Tim had five. They have a dynasty going. Is that a dynasty? Do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great. That's the you question. Think the no, is, is I mean, they had to break up in two years, but a lot was in there. Injuries, mm -hmm. COVID. So, you know, think about it. The dynasty that Tim Duncan had, they never won back to back. Never. It was five. They win one. And that was over 20 year. years. You that's the question, five. too. Do you have to win championships to, to have be a dynasty? dynasty? Yeah, you got to. I mean, mm -hmm. it's been teams that have been successful, but at the end of the day, 
the Yankees are a dynasty because they got championship. The Lakers are a dynasty because mm-hmm. they have championship. The St. Louis Cardinals are. Di- I mean, now it may not be a dynasty right now, mm-hmm. but when they were winning, Boston Celtics, when they were winning, you know, every other year, whatever it may be, that's what winning the championship, not just getting there. So LeBron, because you wouldn't say B- Buffalo Bills are. A, <laughs> they were a dynasty. <laughs> from, now, now here's the question. Mm. Did the Buffalo Bills have a dynasty? Mm. Because they didn't win it, but they went to four straight Super Bowl. Four, yeah. Is there always an anomaly in there? Because the Utah, outlier. you can say that about the Utah Jazz. No, they didn't go every year. But they, but they were very successful. Like they were to me, they was as successful as the Spurs, but except they had to meet the Bulls. Well, yeah. So they okay. So I guess it's levels to a dynasty. Let's mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. It's the dynasty of being very, 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 very competitive and winning mm-hmm. to a certain point, but you don't win a championship. Right. Okay. So you may have a five to ten year period period where you may be the best team outside of winning. You know what I mean? You got to win. That considers I know, but maybe it's levels to yeah. that dynasty. The ultimate goal is ultimately win, but that doesn't mean you didn't accomplish anything within that time period either, though. Mm. That's like the Jason Tatum Boston Celtics. That's not a dynasty, but they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals like three times already. Yeah, but that, but see, that still don't count. Like, and the reason why I brought up the Jazz, mm-hmm. and we we had to think about this too, because the Warriors is a, a, an anomaly a little bit, right? Because they they won through the draft, right? Mm-hmm. They, that's they drafted those guys, mm-hmm. signed a few people, so like they built their team. Nobody's doing that shit no more. That's why like LeBron probably could never have a dynasty. Well, well Memphis is doing it. Yeah, that not. I mean, I mean, 100%. it's. It's but the challenge. Here's the thing with the draft too: is that Milwaukee too. Well, Milwaukee, yeah, with Giannis and, and Middleton. Now you had to bring in Drew, you know, Drew and some other guys to come in and help. But it's not an exact science, which is the draft, because you don't know. It's mm. so many different variables on why certain players make it and certain players don't. Mm. You know, high draft picks is a certain reason why you get a player like a Draymond Green in the second round mm-hmm. in the right system that now works. A Clay Thompson, a little bit lower, you didn't hear about, but it works. Mm-hmm. But then you can get a high draft pick and maybe that system and what's going on, or maybe the game doesn't fit that player, the game of the NBA. His game doesn't translate. Mm-hmm. So it's an inexact, I mean, inexact science. That's why when you do draft – being able to develop young talent, being able to go out free agency-wise and get the pieces that fit, okay, makes sense, and finding veteran leadership to help, I think, usher along these young players and show them how to play, it's a big coordination of that. That's actually the problem, I think, too, with a lot of NBA teams. There's not a lot of veterans, veteran leadership on them teams. It's, like every, it's just a bunch of young guys on all these teams. Yeah. Like Sometimes a veteran is like 23. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's true. It's you true. know what I mean? And so, like, it's it, you could and you can see it, right? And I look at a team like the Warriors. Even when they had that down year, what helped them, I think, is that Steph played with the young guys. Mm-hmm. You well, know, really I mean? helped Jordan Poole because when Jordan Poole came in his rookie year, Steph was out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the fastest so season. And, he, and he's making and he's trying to figure it out up and down with the G League and trying to figure out how to play. Then the next year when Steph came back, he had to figure out how to play with Steph. The Steph effect. Because he was playing one way this way, yeah. but when Steph came back, totally different animal. Yeah. So he had to struggle in trying to figure that out. So then in year three, you figure out how to play with Steph. You feel confident and comfortable about yourself. You institute Clay back in there, but he's mature enough to know. See, here's the thing about Golden State. The ability for them to win it was that Steph, Dre, um, 
Clay. Who else was on that early squad? Um, they had they had Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes. They the thing is they all matured another year. Mm-hmm. So when they played Cleveland the first time, yeah, Kyrie was out. Kevin Love got hurt. Mm-hmm. Probably you would say maybe Cleveland may have won that if they were healthy. Possibly. But that next year, guess what happened? Those even though they weren't experienced going to that championship, they had a nev- another level of maturity that next year, and they just took off from there. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the same thing you want from young teams is that with Jordan Poole, that level of experience, uh, Kevon Looney, even though he's been in that situation, he matured a little bit more. That's yeah. the oldest, youngest player. He like he played seen. back in the seventies. He needs to change. I swear, I think he looked like he went to school with Robert Parrish. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were classmates. Uh-huh. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Okay, now Steph Curry, since you brought him up, mm-hmm. right? The conversation now is, you know, it goes back to the the goat conversation, mm-hmm. and who's you know I look I like who's your top five basketball players of all time? You went five, not ten. Mm-hmm. I said five, Playboy. I want to go mm-hmm. ten. No, okay, no, yeah. ten is easy. Yeah, five. Who your top five? Kareem, Magic, Michael, LeBron, Bird. Mm. Kareem, Kareem. Mm-hmm. Magic. Michael, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron's bad boy. Five, five, bro. Hold on. (laughs) Now, now, (laughs) the beauty of it is this: is that it's going to change Mm -hmm. because the evolution of the game is that a Kevin Durant is going to maybe if he wins some more is going to slide. A Giannis may slide. I don't know because as we move away from Mm -hmm. those guys. These young, I don't know where Steph is going to land because his okay. career and his book is not written. LeBron's book, he may not be done, but it's written, bro, mm-hmm. in regards yeah. to where he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, to me, the great—if you look at totality of basketball, the greatest of all time is Kareem. Go from high school to what he accomplished at Power Memorial in, in New York mm-hmm. to what he did at UCLA. Mm-hmm. I mean, three national championships. They actually changed the rules in college basketball where you couldn't dunk because of Kareem. You know, six-time champion in the NBA, all-time lead score with shooting maybe one three-pointer. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Most devastating shot ever. Mm. Okay? So when you look at totality of winning mm. and, and and actually impact, you can't beat Kareem. Now, in my era, in my time, Mike was just, Yeah. I mean, stop it, <laughs> yeah. bro. I mean, and then you got to argue LeBron from a perspective of we didn't, we, we've never seen the combination of athleticism, power, intellect, you know, size, speed, all that stuff in one physical body to and to carry the burden of coming into the league with all these expectations mm-hmm. and probably exceeding them. Mm-hmm. You know, that goes into consideration when you start talking about that. You know what's crazy about that list is that Kareem and Magic is on that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, for real. Like, they're on that yeah. list. They were on the same fucking team, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? When you think about that, it's, mm-hmm. in, it's on, insane. Bro. It is. It is. 
And Magic, and you're talking about transformational type of players, mm-hmm. okay? I mean, we know what that meant. We, we, you, you, when Magic, I had this argument with somebody before about impact of during that time period of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. And I said that Larry wasn't as transformational, meaning internationally, okay. not here. Magic's effect on the game internationally and stuff was a lot bigger. Michael's effect on the game internationally was a lot bigger than Bird's. Mm-hmm. Bird's nationally was huge. But internationally, those two guys had more impact on the game of basketball internationally as a total. Now, that's not taking anything from me away from Larry Bird, but those guys don't come along often. Right. LeBron did. <laughs> if, you can say what you want. From a pure basketball perspective, what he's been able to do has just been phenomenal, man. It's It's been – and it's interesting. That's why I, I bring Magic up a lot. Like when I do my top five, Magic almost – is close to one to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because without social media, magic, what he, like, and not even just that, they weren't even lifting weights for real like that yet. <laughs> <laughs> like if they was, he probably would have been LeBron. LeBron right? mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because he was doing that from high school. He was the man. He got to college. college yeah. went the, and just, which, you know, which I love about him and Bird is that the NBA wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for those two. No, you got to give David Stern a lot of credit too at the time because what David recognized was that it wasn't about it was about the franchises, but it was about the name on the back of the jersey. And how do we spread this internationally to be able to get our TV rights, to be able to sell more merch, to be able to make this more global? Mm-hmm. And he started to promote the individual player a lot more, and it just happened to coincide with the time that Bird and Magic came into the league. Mm-hmm. You know, so very genius of David Stern to identify how the league, because the league was messed up in the 80s right. with the drug problems and all this kind yeah, of franchise. They were straight fist fighting. And <laughs> what was the, the the year that Magic and um, the 76ers played, that series, I believe, was on tape delay. Mm, it great. wasn't live. See what I'm saying? So how much has changed? Yeah, that, that was tape delay. So it's changed so much, but it goes back to the timing of Magic, Bird, David Stern's vision. Then it started to grow. And then, you know, Michael comes in and a lot of other players that help carry the torch. But the evolution of where we got where we're at now is just incredible of mm-hmm. where the game used to be globally, uh, to where it's at now. Mm. I need six to ten, man. Do you have six to ten? You want his top ten? I need I need six to ten. Why? I got because it's 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 sketchy down there. Okay, Where? six to ten. Said, so we I got your go top five. That. Six to ten. <laughs> we got to put Duncan in there. Okay, Kobe. Mm-hmm. That's seven. Um, who am I missing? Akeem. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay, but I mean we got I got a couple of names. Go ahead. Go Shaq. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's nine. I'm missing a guard. Yeah, a small one. You talking about Oscar Robinson? No, you talking Iverson, about Stephen talking Curry, about a, Oscar AI. Robinson. Well, what does Julius Irving stand with that? Julius Doc is in there. Doc has to be in the top. 10. But see, you know, transformational, and the reason why is because of what he did in the ABA, okay, with the Nets, mm-hmm. and then he was that start of that super, mega superstar in the NBA. Like really, mm-hmm. now Kareem was back there, Wilt was back there, but you didn't have the. 
kind of the media kind of a little bit. Dr. J was probably the first player whose shoes people wanted. Oh, yeah, yeah, the superstars? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Doc was Doc was something else, bro, and the way he carried himself, too. So he already came into the NBA when the Nets came over to with the merger as this exciting highlight. George McGinnis was a guy that played at Indiana that kind of had some stuff, but and he was at Philly when Doc came in, but it was Doc was a different animal, man. And, again, the top ten – so I always say about this. The top ten is subjective, bro, to – who you like. Not very. And it don't make it right or wrong. You know what I mean? You got your own reason. Why you like certain players in certain positions and why you mm-hmm. don't. Don't make it right or wrong. Just subjective to who you like. But you know you uh, left out Wilt, Bill Russell. Yeah. Um, mm. Steph Curry, Oscar Robinson. Because you asked me too quick. I feel like well, you... I, Steph, I don't think Steph is in the top ten Okay, yet. okay. You don't think not, Steph not is yet. in the top ten? I think yet. ultimately when the story is written, Steph may be in there. No question. I think one more. One more for sure. You Wilt, can't keep him out Wilt five. is an anomaly too. Because the records that he was able to break. Do you feel like you pick between Wilt and Kareem? Yeah. Because I tend to do You do. That. You do. Mm. Like you if do. you fuck with Kareem, yeah, I don't yeah, know if yeah. you fuck with Wilt. But the same thing with Bill Russell. Yeah, but I was going to say it was Wilt. You know what I mean? Russell, because I it's like Bill won. Yeah. He was part of that. You, but Kareem was just, I, I don't know, man. It's, but that's why I couldn't put Bill in the top ten. Most people, like mm. if, if we say winners, that's different. Yeah. Because that Boston team was just a – it was a well-put-together team. He was an important piece of it. But here's the thing about errors, too. You think about it. Back then, you had the Eastern Division and Western Division. You only had eight teams in each. So the you didn't have the number of talented players, which is their era. Mm-hmm. So you play against the same teams eight, nine times, whatever it may be. So you can dominate that time. You had teams that dominated in the 80s. Yeah, teams are dominated. So it's, it's that's why it's hard to compare. The game is so different. Yeah, right. That's true. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And how you play the game. So the comparison the numbers are not fair because Steph numbers are going to be inflated because you got more possessions, mm-hmm. the game is faster, and you're going to shoot more threes. So you can't com- really compare his number to Bird's three-point shooting numbers when you were shooting two to three the game, and that was a lot. Back in that era, right. So th- that doesn't hold weight. I guess people are looking at skill level too, but but again, the skill level is different because you're, bro. How many times back well, that's in the made day? Magic an anomaly? I well, think yeah. Magic could have played now easily well, yeah. and been yeah. fucking great at it. I literally think Magic could have. Well, here, well, and, but he, he, do you think Steph could have played back in the day? I do. Yep. Yeah, and I argue with people about this, and they say, "Well, he's too little." I said, "Well, so let me see: Muggsy Bogues, Bud <laughs> Webb." Michael Adams, Mookie Blaylock. It's a lot of small guys that play, Mm -hmm. Terrell Brandon. But the difference is they grew up playing in that era. So they knew how to be physical. Mm -hmm. So Steph, if he grew up back then, would play the game totally different. Mm -hmm. If Michael Jordan grew up playing now. Shooting more threes. I told my boy Zoe Morning, we were talking. I was like, he was like, man, I, if I played right now, I'd be on the block. I said, no, you wouldn't. I said, because from the time you were 12 or 13, put Shaq in this category. Shaq could be more like Embiid. Because you, you start to play outside in as a big man, pick and pop, handle the ball, shoot threes. Do, so you wouldn't be anchored on the block, eight, nine, 10, 11 touches. Your game would be totally, you wouldn't be the same player in the 90s that you, because the game, to you have been taught different as a young player. You wouldn't have been on the block. Right. 
So that's what I'm saying. That's why it's really hard when you start to look at this to compare and cross-culturalize that. The rules is all different. Everything's different. Like, it's what, not. Which it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. The game got – but see, the game – I play – you know, I'm not one of the old school guys that got locked in. The game has to change. It can't stay stagnant. Look at baseball. You want more home runs. Look at hockey. You want more gold. Look at football. You want more touchdowns. Who became more relevant? Receivers and quarterbacks. Yeah. It wasn't a run first, get the hard yards, and then throw over the top. No, we're spreading this thing out. And we're going to force you to have to guard all the real estate on the field. Why? Because it brings more excitement. You got more scoring. So those numbers are going to be inflated. So now you got quarterbacks throwing for more yards. Does that make them better than Joe Montana? Well, Joe couldn't really throw like that compared to Tom Brady, Ben Rothman. So the numbers are going to be different. Drew Brees. So you mm. still watch football? All the time. I'm it's, still a fan. Is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback you've ever seen? Yes. Hell no. Great job, man. Yes. Great. From, Great from this perspective, from, from a winning, dissecting, uh-huh. do I think Aaron Rodgers is more talented? No question. That's fine. No we question. Play, we play for wins over here. Well, this is, but, but this is thinking about it. I, I look at somebody like uh, Dan Marino, even though he didn't win a more Super Bowl. More talented, like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It's, and so it's like Tom Brady's good. No, he's great. You got it wrong. Bro, in, in critical situations on decision-making and making the right play, mm-hmm. when you need something mm-hmm. to happen, mm-hmm. putting the ball in time's end, bro. That's it. That's it. Now, is it systematic? Probably. Oh, Pro- right no, no, but here's alley. the thing. Is it systematic? We won. 100%. But, but, he was, but he was able to take that, go to Tampa Bay, yeah. but he was strategic in the team that he went to. Mm-hmm. Why? You had a running game, that offensive line. You had outstanding defense. Mm-hmm. So you had support mechanism. He wasn't just going somewhere. Well, he brought right. the running game. He brought, game. He brought the game. But, but, but it helped because of his play action and because he's able to dissect the yeah. defense so yeah. it opens up. Yeah. But I'm saying he wasn't stupid. He wasn't just going anywhere. But see, but that's the tragedy. He said he wasn't going to the That's the tragedy of Michael Vick's story, right? Right. Of him yeah. going to jail because I we saw him being like, – he was something I've never seen before, Michael Vick. Um it's a small iteration. Um, Randall Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Come on, Doug, bro. Doug Jones. Doug. Randall Cunningham had a crazy. But but they wouldn't allow him to. I mean, Doug Randall Johnson. had some stuff with him, bro, and can sling it. But at that time, a black running quarterback only do it when you have to. We want you to be in the pocket. But Randall was something else, bro. But he was ahead of his time. He like, I could t- I could score this touchdown. They won't let me run. <laughs> I'm telling you, right? <laughs> mm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Too. It'd be nice to get like one of the, like a Randall Cunningham because because especially talk to an older black quarterback yeah. and they tell you what they couldn't do. They they watch games now like oh these motherfuckers just take off and they feel like yeah. That. <laughs> oh seriously, I mean back then, you know Steve Young was a running quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know coming over from the when he played was CFL or the. Uh, was it CFL? Was it the CFL? It's CFL, yep. That he played in, then he came to the um, NFL, but or USFL, one of those. One of those FLs. Um, <laughs> yeah, got a lot of them. Like, but, yeah, I mean, he was a running quarterback yeah. that understood how to balance the two, when to run and when to pass. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot coming off playing when Joe Montana was there, yeah. being the next guy. Yeah, it's a lot. But he was a running quarterback. And he got it done. It's all about winning, real. Mm. What I'm talking about. <laughs> We, right. we done went all over the place. Yeah, but that's what this is. <laughs> and we keep it real. We keep, hey, it, keep it real. Keep it real. So now we want to take it to a game. Okay. We went from the games. game. Now we're going to take it to a game. This game will be this or that. Mm. So I give you two options. You tell all me right. which one you got. 
Phone call or text? Phone call. Easily. Yeah. What's up with text, man? No, nah, bro. Things get lost in translation. Hmm. Okay. TV or books? Books. Easy. Air Force One or Jordan 3s? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could you answer them too quick? Ooh. I don't like that. Yeah. The three, the threes are my favorite. That's your favorite. Your favorite. Yeah, the, the, all, bro, my threes got stolen huh? when I was in high school. Uh-huh. They didn't take nobody else's. There was a powder blue ones. No, there was the red ones. Mm. Red gone. I always loved the threes. Mm. So your 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 sticker collection is crazy. Crazy. <laughs> he said crazy. Mm-hmm. Will Chamberlain or Bill Russell? Since you left both of them out, your top ten. I'm, I'm going Will. <laughs> Easy. I just like offense, bro. Mm. And I just like offense. Cuban cigars or Dominican cigars? Cuban. Not even close. Gin or tequila? Oh, tequila. Hip hop or R and B? Tony Braxton. <laughs> <laughs> R&B, bro. Because I'm a big late 70s, 80s mm-hmm. R&B. Mm-hmm. And I love um, even some early 60s stuff, but R&B for me. Because that just puts me, Marvin Gaye, mm-hmm. just puts me in a totally, and I'm a hip-hop head, but R&B all day long. Who uh, in R&B today? Do you, is anybody you listen to today? Like, oh, boy. Uh, no. Yeah, no, no, no. So you can't say that and then pause. Well, no, no, <laughs> because there's so many different genres of R and B. Well, on the female side, Sonora mm-hmm. Allegra, I love um, Maxwell, of course. But that's not today. Like you're talking about, like I, I was just trying to get somebody. Terrence that's, Ross. That's fine. I mean, not Terrence Ross. Kevin Ross, young art, okay, I mean, yeah, artist. Kevin like, Ross. It's just like I, I, I'm all over the place, but I. So top golf or a golf course? Golf course, easy. That's the top golf. That's like going bowling, bro. <laughs> and God my damn. last one, cardio <laughs> or weights? Cardio right now. Okay, I'm older now. That weight stuff is. Even though I still work out. Mm-hmm. Nah, nah. I, ain't, I ain't ain't pumping it like that. <laughs> <laughs> cardio, it is. All right, look, this was extremely fun, uh, my friend. Thank you for coming through, Come on, hanging out with for us, having me, bro. I appreciate it, man. Man, Can, we talked about congrats. a lot of shit. Yeah, we did. And good luck on it. I know we went all across the board on it, but that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, that's when how we have a conversation, though. That's what. That's what I, I be telling people. Ain't that what a podcast? I think we're doing it different, man. We got something here. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. we're not like <laughs> we were talking about this yesterday. <laughs> we'll leave, but it's like it's so many extremely toxic dudes with podcasts. <laughs> Then when you have regular conversation, like yesterday, he was like, oh, my God, you guys are so, yeah. like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess a lot of these dudes just say crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> For no reason. <laughs> All the time. It, it's like, does it, like, do you really feel like that? Right. Are you really a fucking lunatic? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's it. Uh, thanks, Jimmy, for coming on, through bro. with Keep It bro. Real. Yep. Yes, sir. With Young Wayne. That's right. Jim Jackson, I guess. Thank y'all again. Shoot it. Keep it real. That was a HeadGum Podcast.